this is Out for One Sports, your podcast for all things Philly sports. Let's get into it. This is Tom with Alpha One Sports. And this is Anthony with Alpha One Sports. Today is Tuesday. May the 4th be with you. And also with you. It's happy or, Star Wars. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And with your spirit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the lyrics <laughs> changed. What are you doing? How dare I? Is the 4th with you? It is. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybe Palpatine. It's Palpatine. <laughs> 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 And big milestone I am for us. One with the force. Big milestone for us today. It is our tenth episode. She- she- Did you levitate off of the ground when you heard that? Sheesh. 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 Ironically, that's the name of our old dog. You know the pose that they do where they, like, put their two fingers up against their, uh, like, elbow area and yeah. they, like, close their eyes with duck lips? <laughs> Injected into my veins. Isn't that what that means? <laughs> yeah. I just, I find it funny when uh, you see that done. <laughs> like, some people do it wrong, but then you just see the people and it's just... <laughs> so, how are you doing today? I'm feeling great. I'm fresh off of my uh, 28th birthday. Yeah, Anthony just turned 28. How are you feeling? Old. Old old AF? Old AF. Well, at least you're not 30 yet. Close. What are you, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, keeping it light tonight. It's uh, Bud Light. I'm going a little weird. I'm going uh, truly hard seltzer, lime flavored. Back on a diet for the wedding. Well, it's always good drinking some dilly dilly. So, we've... Uh, yeah, week in sports, you know, although we did have a big news with the draft. We'll get to that in a minute. First, let's uh, start off by talking about how the Flyers are a big disappointment this season and were officially eliminated from playoff contention this past week. Finished disappointed. Since last week, uh, we were 1-4, losing 3 out of 4 to the New Jersey Devils. Today, old friend. <laughs> um, mainly, I've had a tough time watching these guys just because... It seems lifeless on the ice. They actually just benched Kevin Hayes uh, this past week because he he had scored like once in the last like twenty something games. Yeah, that's just, never great. Which is just ridiculous. I mean, you bring this guy in and pay him the big bucks, and he can't do anything for you. Here we got we got a new team member here. Um, Oliver showed up here. Oliver, do you want to say hello? Hello, Ollie. He's enjoying the scenery. Very nice. Yeah, so what do you think is a big issue that needs to be addressed in the offseason? Uh, defense, defense, defense. Uh, I think they need they need to be uh, a little bit more veteran-driven. Um, I love guys like Provy, but, I mean, he, he needs some veterans around him too to kind of keep him in check and uh, a lot of these young guys in check. Um, there's just a lot of miscues, a lot of uh, out-of-positioning. Um I believe we talked about this earlier. You know, one of the big things too is legitimate scores, not people that you think are going to be scores, but they're really not. You know, we got to start to clean up um, some of the uh, franchise veterans that we have now. We got to start, you know, getting refreshed and uh, getting young, getting talented. Oh, I hear you. Um, yeah, I was saying, thinking the same thing. We got to look for defense. You know, we got to at least get some uh, a veteran presence to maybe pair next to Provy. He can't do it himself. The guy's playing like 30 minutes a game. Um, yeah. And then also, like like you said, we need some goal scoring help. So I came up with about five guys that maybe the Flyers should take a flyer on or take a look at, maybe bring in if uh, they don't get re-signed by their current teams. Yeah. Let me know what you think. First, I got uh, Dougie Hamilton, defenseman out of Carolina. 
So yeah, I always liked Dougie, um, even when he was with the Flames and everything. Um, he's a nice ginger. Um, you know, fairly big guy. He's got a good body. He's a good guy to get points. Um, and he's just talented. He's built around talent. But, you know, it's just depending on, you know, the cost. I mean, that could be very pricey. I mean, for a defenseman this year, the guy's got 10 goals, 32 assists, 42 points. Yeah. Overall, he's got 106 goals for his career, 235 assists for 341 points. Uh, I would say that would be a, de- a great pickup for the defense side. You know, good Definitely. goal goal scoring defenseman. That wouldn't hurt, that wouldn't hurt to have. Definitely. And then I was also thinking, left winger from Colorado, Gabriel Landeskog. What do you think? He's the captain, correct? Or did uh, Nathan McKinnon become? Actually, uh, I'm not sure if he's still, if if he's uh, the captain or not. Um, I don't know. If... I mean, that would be a good pickup. Um, you know, definitely a team leader. Um, he's young, he relatively young still. Captain. I mean, he's probably up in the you know 27, 28 range. He's 28. This season, but, uh, uh, he's, you know, this good season. team leader, getting a little bit young. Yeah, this this season he's got 19 goals, 30 assists for 49 points. And then uh, next, I got defenseman from Edmonton, Tyson Berry. Um, then I got uh, also another defenseman from Edmonton, Adam Larson, and then Blake Coleman, uh, left winger from Tampa. What do you think? Um, uh, one of the names, you know, obviously I'm not too big on uh, knowing uh, Coleman. I name doesn't you know come to with me right now but the other two names you brought up um Edmonton I mean definitely second tier to look at um Adam Larson's a very good defenseman um yeah I mean at the end of the day defense 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 um I like I don't know why I keep saying defense 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 but you know you need to get those you know good you know, higher-ranked defensemen, you know, in those, you know, 25, 26-aged, you know, range where they're a veteran, they're still young, they're fresh. But, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, if you start with a defense, you can work your way into the offense. Right, and then speaking of Blake Coleman, he's a center. Um, this season he's got 13 goals, 16 assists, and 29 points. So... I think you know you got to get at least another goal score, a consistent goal score, and then uh, some consistent defense as well. Uh, someone, it would be nice to have a goal scoring defenseman, but I really just want somebody who could help prevent turnovers and make it a little easier on our goaltending, especially for Carter Hart, as he's going to be around for the long term. You would think. Right, and I mean, uh, Provi could be your, you know, goal scorer. You know, even if you keep Gossespierre and you get these guys clear, and you're not treating them like they have to be the franchise defenseman because I feel like that's where the pressure leads and, and the, a lot of Philly players are not good under pressure. Right. It's very hard to play in this city because of the pressure and you know if we kind of limit the pressure and you make these guys play without feeling you know like Gossespierre for example I mean the second he had that rookie season uh, the, the you know the tables were turned he had to play at the tip-top shape, and he could never relive that. Right. He hasn't been really the same since his rookie season. He's kind of gone downhill ever since, um, personally speaking. Uh, now, he's been not terrible this year. Not good, but not bad either. Um, but I just don't think it's somebody to really stick around with. I could see him go into the Kraken in, in the expansion draft. Yeah, I mean, I'm appreciative of Gossespierre. I love the name. He brought he brought a name to the city for hockey, um, you know, and every time he puts on these kind of performances, you're like, oh, but I don't want to get rid of him. But I just think it's time, you know, we, you know, clear the deck a little bit and bring in some talented young veterans in this league. Yeah, and they got some, uh, they got some good helping commerce coming. You know, I like, um, he's... Not a defenseman, but I do like that uh, Wade Allenson. He's been playing fairly well. Yeah, I mean, young, very young. Um, I agree. Uh, 
to me, this team has a lot of assets too right now that, you know, if they want to get good next year and they want to be good next year, start pawning off some of this stuff. You have plenty of assets in all the farmhouses, you know, to, you know, get rid of a couple, get some, you know, better ranked veterans and bring in some better guys that could be more of a win now situation. Right. And then I would probably see what you can get from maybe a guy like Voracek who hasn't done much. I mean, Kevin Hayes, it might be a tough trade at this point. I mean, hopefully he could turn it around next season. Another thing I want to see too is a change in philosophy a little bit. You know, we've discussed many times on this show now uh, how we're kind of sick of the uh, conga line passes, especially on the power play. You know, I feel like they have no plan of attack when they get on the power play. You know, I'd like to see them bring it into the zone and really set something up. Stop dumping and chasing every single time. You know, that's really should be just be for when you're changing lines. You know, why is it that every time you're going into the offensive zone, you're dumping and chasing? You know, I right. feel I feel like most of the team. I think one thing they got to bring in too is more speed. You know, more speed that that'll help them bring it across the line without having to dump it in and try to chase after it. Um, yeah, sort of that West Coast feel. Right. Um, and then go from there. I feel like the better teams, the more elite teams, like the teams like the Capitals, like like the Islanders, um, like the Vegas Golden Knights, they could just bring it into the zone without having to dump it. And I feel like that's ever since I've been watching the Flyers, I've, that's always been their mo. I just cannot yeah. stand it for the life of me. You get a pass. You get a pass. You get a pass. I will say, though... You shoot the puck. No, you shoot the puck. No, you shoot the puck. I will say, though, this past week, um, Giroux's actually stepped up quite a bit. You know, that one game against the Devils this past Sunday where he scored two goals in the last minute to tie the game. Uh, he's been coming through in the clutch. Um, I'd give him another year. I don't... Uh... I agree, but uh, it comes at a wrong time. Yeah, you, you had you know weeks to turn the ship around. So to call him clutch, I uh, he's clutching all the wrong ways. <laughs> he's clutching all the wrong ways. <laughs> His clutch isn't winning you playoff games. Well, let's hope they can retool. Um, let's hope we don't lose anybody too important in the expansion draft. I'm hoping it's just Goss to spare, if anything. Um, or maybe Voracek. Yeah. But that's another thing. So basically what we want to see coming up in this next season is we want, uh, want to see at least one, bring them bring in one veteran defenseman, like a Matt Eskinen type. You know, one of those guys that we mentioned here, um, I think would be a big help. Pair him with next to Provy, uh, you know, that way you can take a little bit of pressure off him because the guy's playing like 30-something minutes a game. And then yeah. bring in another goal scorer, someone who could consistently get you a goal, maybe not every night, but maybe every other game. He's always going to have a presence. There's always, you know, every team's got that player that's, you got to worry about them, you know, scoring a goal every game. You know, like the Capitals have Ovechkin, uh, Penguins, unfortunately. We hate, you know, I hate to admit it, but they got Crosby. Things like that. Uh, so yeah. we'll see. Um, they got a couple games left, meaningless. So it's really hard to care to watch anymore. Uh, let's hope. They, yeah. Let's hope they, you know, finish strong and have a good game plan this off season. Yeah, I mean, there's always next year. That's our motto. Except in 2018 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and 20 <laughs> 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series. Moving on. So, in fabulous news, the Sixers are back in first place. Yeah, they're on a five-game winning streak. Three of those games, uh, one against the Thunder and two against the Hawks, they outright destroyed them by, like, 30, 40 points each. Probably not. It was the highest point differential in, uh, for, in a long time. The only yeah. thing I don't like about this five game winning streak though is Simmons again just is not producing on the offensive side of the ball he's a good defensive presence but again he's not helping out on the offensive side <laughs> I, I'm sorry I just always think it's funny when everybody says that oh we got aggressive Ben we have aggressive Ben <laughs> but uh, he's only averaged 11.6 points a game and that's just not going to do it for you you need a guy who's going to be aggressive like you said take it to the hoop 
you know, you get fouled, you get fouled. Take a shot. If you miss, you miss. But at least you're t- trying something. Yeah. You know, this, you know, scared, conservative way he's playing on offense is not going to work in the playoffs. And B, unfortunately, cannot do it all. So, Simmons, I need him to step up big time. Hey, one of the fears, too, is, you know, a lot of these teams, they got the second guy. I mean, you have Joel Embiid, who's your number one. He's going to light it up all every game. However, you know, behind him is supposed to be Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' defense is out of this world. I mean, there's no question about that. It's going to really come to use in the playoffs. But behind Joel Embiid, who's really scoring your points? That's Tobias Harris. But let's face it, Tobias Harris isn't, you know, you're, you're the second star of your team. And that's what's the problem. You know, you need a guy that is a second star on this team, not just a good shooter, a good player. I was hoping, you know, I think we all were hoping that we would have could have picked up Kyle Lowry at that trade deadline, but the Raptors were being stingy. And also, too, yeah. like, it, you know, we don't, I don't think anybody really wanted to part ways with Matisse. His defense has been incredible lately. Um, so yes. that's something you're going to want in the playoffs, especially when you got guys coming off the bench. So Ben's just going to have to step it up. I don't I don't know what it's going to take, but, you know, if, he, if we want to win a championship here, we need him to step up. I keep saying it almost every show. I just uh, I have yet to see it on the offensive side of the ball, you know. I think this uh, this season will tell you whether or not you know they need to go in a different direction. Because I mean, it's perfect that you have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the man. He's going to win you a ton of games, and he's going to be the shooting star in the playoffs. But you still need that second guy. And if Ben Simmons can't even halfway prove to be that guy, you know, you have to think about going in a different direction. And I think that's kind of the reason why he was mentioned in those trade rumors for James Harden. Uh, it's just you kind of know what you got at this point. You know, you would think, you know, with a different coach, different philosophy, different atmosphere, that this guy would have upped his game a little bit or Doc would have found a way to get through to him to start shooting. But apparently people just keep – these guys just keep saying, like coaches keep telling them, you know, why is shooting so important? His defense is, you know, makes up for that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> You got to be able to outscore your opposition. I mean, it helps when you when you can stop them on certain plays, but you're not going to be able to stop them every every play. You got to be able to come back and score. And if you got if it's basically f- on the offensive side, it's five on four. That doesn't work. Exactly. You know, our other guys are producing. Tobias, this is definitely his best season as a sixer. I think Doc's really upped his game. Um, definitely. You know, he's had a couple off nights, but for the most part, he's our best. You know, he. He's coming through as a third option, and then he's on the board. And then you know, Seth Curry and Danny Green were huge pickups for us in the off season. Uh, I mean, they're not, you know, they're off every so often, but um, you know, if we didn't have those guys this year, I think we'd be in the same spot we were last year. You know, kind of teetering, maybe around sixth, fifth. But those guys in their shooting, their sharp shooting, their three point shots have really upped the Sixers game. So. Oh. And they weren't brought in. They they're not brought in to come in here and light light the house on fire. I mean, it's you know they came in to shoot you some threes and to get you some points on the board, but they weren't brought in here to score twenty three points a game. You know they were brought in here to score nine to ten points a game, and you know they've had their off nights. They've had you know some droughts, but they come in at the right time. They've never really had an issue with you know, well where's where's Curry at. You know, he, he comes in at the right moment. You know, uh, to me, you get aggressive Ben, and he's, you know, lighting up 40 points one game, big whoop-de-doo. Um, but I'm sick of hearing aggressive Ben. You know, aggressive Ben had 12 points. <laughs> aggressive Ben. What's so aggressive about that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a rumor for you. What? Uh, if the Clippers, there's a rumor out there that if the Clippers don't go far in the playoffs, that Kawhi will be looking to have a change of scenery, and that among his preferred places, it would rank the Sixers as his number one prime place to go. And that would be something, huh? 
Yeah. Then then it's bye bye Ben Simmons. But we fun guy. Where's tomorrow? Fun guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? Yeah. This is uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yo, baby. Yeah, so in other NBA news, real quick, uh the Brooklyn Nets are up on the Milwaukee box ninety seven and ninety five. Uh, the Nets are wow. Tr- Nets are a game behind us in the standings, so kind of need the Bucks to help us out a little bit. Even though the Bucks are not that far off either, they're only three and a half back. But right. any Nets loss helps. So I mean, now we, this is a weird season for NBA as well. I mean, they're playing ten less games in the regular season. So the last uh, four seeds, the seventh through tenth seed, do this are doing this weird playing tournament now. According to LeBron, whoever came up with that should be fired. I mean, normally, right, if things were normal, we'd be playing the Charlotte Hornets right now. And if it was the Hornets, I think we'd sweep them in four games. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially or they'd now, give up after two. Especially now, I mean, maybe they'd have them back by then. But, you know, LaMelo Ball hasn't has, has that been out with the wrist injury. So basically how it would work is He's that, back in, actually. He's back in. Oh, now. is he? Yeah. Oh. Well, then maybe... maybe Maybe they get lucky and get one, but you know, personally, I, I really do think that we'll win in win that game at series in four if that were to happen. But this is how it would work. I mean, the Celtics and Hornets would play in a uh, to see who gets the seventh seed. So I, I'm gonna err and say the Celtics win that game, and then the Pacers and surprisingly the Wizards would play uh, to see who gets the ninth seed, and then the winner of the game plays the would play the 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 loser of the other game to get the final seed. So it's kind of crazy to think that the Washington Wizards, who are 10th, 10th seed right now, 30 and 35, could move up to the 8th seed and could end yeah. up playing the Sixers. And I'm pretty sure we've swept that season series. You know, we get to see a nice series uh, with uh, Embiid and R- Russell Westbrook. If that happened, that'd be quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> He's always in his feelings, as he as uh, Embiid would say. It would it would though you know I'd feel a little bit you know feel would feel a little good to see Bradley Beal get somewhere. That guy's been dropping like fifty a game, and his other teammates can't do anything for him. Exactly, I'd love to have him. That'd be another yeah. Uh, David Hale sucks. Is he blowing it for us again? Uh, it's six to three. They got a mound, so it's Juju Romero right now. God. So as of right now, the Phillies are playing the Milwaukee Brewers, and they're up six to three in the top of the seventh. We would like them to hold on, so we could finally get a back-to-back, uh, vic- back-to-back victories here. Uh, they have not won back-to-back since I think they won the first five. You know, kind of get ridiculous. I mean. A, you got issues with the fourth and fifth starters. Although I will say that Vinny V, uh, Vince Velasquez, did pitch a nice gem last night. Um, but you can't count on that every day. Um, you know, between that Moore, Velasquez, and uh, Chase Anderson, you just you don't got anything there. Personally, I'm, I'm still hoping they br- go, decide to go and bring in. Um, uh, breaking news here. Jackie Bradley Jr. hits a two-run home run in the top of the seventh. Brewers still trail the Phillies 6-5. to five. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You, sa- you said before You said before we started recording, it'd be a shame if somebody blew it. <laughs> you jinxed All right, it. All who's the next wood. pitcher on the board? Yeah, so Chase Anderson, Matt Moore, um, Vinny V aren't doing much for us. You know, I'm, I think I mentioned this maybe not last week, but the last show we did um i'm thinking we should i'm hope they should take a flyer on the old buddy cole hamels there they might as well uh, and bring the kid back up spencer howard put you know maybe put cole in the fourth spot and put spencer in the fifth spot you know because what you got right now isn't working move these other guys to the bullpen or something maybe sh- you know because they can't go very long you know chase anderson might be might be beneficial more in the bullpen than he is as a starter same with same with matt moore these guys don't go very long yeah, these are back end guys. I feel like he brought into you know back back of your starting lineup, you know, and you know one of them is going to be your, you know your your fourth, and the other one's your fifth. Whereas they're both kind of like you know fifths. Right, and then on top of that too, 
uh, they just cannot find a, a center fielder that can actually produce for them at all. <laughs> they finally brought up the troublemaker, Odubel Herrera, and that guy can't really get a hit to save his life either. You know, scratching, grabbing, grabbing, scratching, scratching, grabbing, grabbing, scratch. Yeah, I mean, how many center fielders have they gone through this year? I mean, they had Adam Hazley. I, I think he got hurt. Kingery has fallen off a cliff. Um, who else has been over there? Um, Poor Kingery. Then you got Odubel, who can't do anything. Mickey Moniak. And then Nicky Mo- Mickey Moniak, who really had, didn't produce all that much. They <laughs> Does could, not look like a major league player. Yeah, they just... I think he needs a little more time down in the minors. Um, but I don't know where you're going to go and find one, but they get, they better find someone to clean up that, that spot in the lineup. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they were up 6-1. to one. Brad Miller had a nice bomb to the second deck to th- take that 6-1 to one lead, but pff, there goes the old bullpen again blowing it for us. Well, hopefully they get back up to 500. Yeah, just get a get a victory here and then on top of that too basically all the bats though aside from reese hoskins bryce harper and jt realito and maybe dd gregorius they've all been quiet even even like mccutcheon although today he's hit two home runs i mean mccutcheon's starting to pick up right now i mean he's been putrid early on in the season but it looks like he's starting to get a little bit of a feel again yeah um not really sure. I'm hoping maybe they can catch catch their stride and put a couple victories together again, just like they did in the beginning of this year. I think, you know, if they do go out and get a guy like Cole Hamels to maybe put him in the fourth spot, put Spencer Howard in the fifth spot, and then move those other guys to the bullpen, maybe you might see a di- bit of a difference there. Yeah, that's a good theory right there. And then, but you still need to sure up like that center field position. I wouldn't even know where to look. Uh, to find somebody to bring in there, um, so you got to start getting some more hits. The rest of these guys though got to start producing. It can't just be these guys. And right now Harper's been out. What he's had like what a wrist injury or is it a back injury? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Um, Surprisingly, he's still dealing with a little bit of some repercussions from the nose situation. Yeah, surprisingly, like, he didn't get overly hurt from that. Like that. And let me bring up something that really. I'm just going to say it pissed me off that game. And I've seen this happen more than once. Why in the world, when our guys get beamed, do they send out a warning to both teams? Yeah. We should have the opportunity to beam them back. Because you know that's going to be coming anyway. So why in the world are you saying, you know, hey, one more thing out of either one of you, you know, you're getting thrown out. No, you warn them. Especially when they hit both our guys back to back. Beamed Harper in the face with a 90 mile per hour fastball, and then you beamed Didi Gregorius in the ribs. And you warned both of us? You have to know something was coming. You know, luckily the next game, they didn't, you know, you thought it was thought that they would warn both teams um, to start the game, but no, they didn't. And you know, I think we, uh, we got our revenge and hit somebody. But it, yeah. I don't really think it had the same effect, but. So I think these umpires this year have also been very putrid. You know, the other day, Hoskins hit a what looked to be a three-run home run to tie the ball game against the Mets. And then they call it back saying it was a ground rule double. In my thinking, hitting the top of the rail, shouldn't that be a home run? Yeah, I would feel like the top of the rail. Like if you're, hit, mean, you're hitting that, the, if it's at that point, yeah. You're hitting the, like it's one thing if you hit the front of it. If it's clear as day you hit the front of it, yeah, it's not a home run because it didn't go over. But hitting the top of the railing, that's going over. Like That's just ridiculous in my mind. And then you brought up, uh, what happened with McCutcheon? Uh, so pretty much, uh, um, you know, uh, batter hits it straight to second base. The guy like pretends like he's trying to tag McCutcheon but then lets him go and just throws the first. Um, but the, uh, second base, uh, ump, um, called him out due to, you know, crossing the, uh, the, the running lane. And then, uh, they originally called the first base throw safe, but they couldn't review the McCutcheon situation, but they could review the first base 
um, and that turned out to be out. So it was a it was a horrible double play situation. Two things I really want to say to these umps are what and that ain't true. That's not true. So get your facts straight. Yeah, like, and I've been always an advocate for this. I know it sounds like being a crybaby. You know, call me crybaby, whatever you want, but. I feel like these umpires, referees, officials in all sports need to be held more accountable for their actions. If you make a bad call like that, you need to be fined. And just like how players get fined, you know, like if they if they curse out the refs or they say something bad about the refs, they'll get a fine. I think it should be announced to the world that an umpire got got a uh, or a ref got a fine for a bad call. Just say exactly. Hey, it it turned out this was the case or this was a home run or McCutcheon did not leave the uh, ba- ba- uh, the base path. Um, uh, Nowhere so close. So and so ump has been fined X amount of dollars for a wrong call. You know, start punishing them and start making it public. You know, maybe that's when they'll wake up and start doing better. Yeah, and these terrible, you know, I, I don't know where their you know strike zones are anymore, but they're way oh, lopsided. God, <laughs> reminds me the other day. Um, I. Th- I think it was yesterday. Um, or no, no, I think it was the game on ESPN. So I guess that was against the uh, the last game against the Mets. Um, McCutcheon, it was, uh, they, McCutcheon struck out, but it, it was pitches outside the strike zone. Um, so he thought it was ball four. And he starts, and uh, the umpire calls strike three, but McCutcheon still runs like all, almost all the way to first base to prove a point. And then he just walks away. And then he walks yeah. off. And then he stares the umpire down like, dude, get your, sh- you know what, together. Yeah, you could see uh, Bryce Harper in the background, you know, yelling something, you know, cursing him out. I think Harper ended up getting thrown out because of that. Uh, no, wait, I think Harper got thrown out for the McCutcheon base path thing. Yeah. So that's just crap that irks me but at the end of the day it's not all the umps that are keeping the Phillies from winning it's their bats got to wake up and you know our Achilles heel for the last how many years has always been our bullpen it just doesn't seem like it's ever been straightened out I just long for those days when we had great starting pitching and great bullpen maybe one day we'll get those back and uh in other news here um we just got finished the NFL draft this past uh, Saturday. Um, what are you thinking of our picks? Oh, uh, I don't think they're as bad as uh, being warranted right now. Um, I am absolutely in love with the first round pick. Yeah, would there, is there other players maybe I would take? Could be. Um, he's definitely on the list. You know, he's definitely you know a definite need. You know, the two cornerbacks that you would preferably want to pick up were picked. You know number eight and number nine um you had to consider too you have the cowboys that uh, i think it's bs that they're trying to say that they're looking for michael parsons this entire time i don't think that's true i think you know pat certain is off the board right before them you know that michael parsons is probably their next guy on the board but you know it was actually pretty funny that the uh eagles and cowboys uh conspired to uh uh, piss off the uh, the Giants because uh, that is definitely you know the talk of the town right now is just how upset and butthurt the Giants fans are. Yeah, and we don't normally team up with the Cowboys. You know, I hate to even say that, but you know, you know, thanks for the pick. One thing I'll say is I love the maneuver. This is the one time I'll actually give kudos to Howie. I love the maneuvering. Uh, one thing I'll say is I probably would have preferred a guy like Jamar Chase, just that type of receiver, a bigger body receiver. Probably would be yeah. better, maybe a little better on the 50-50 balls and things of that nature. But the fact that you were, you know, <laughs> and it makes it all the funnier is you tanked to get the sixth pick and you screwed over the Giants. And then you trade back, you get a first-round pick in return. So now you're up to two, more likely three first-round picks next season or next draft. Uh, you move back to 12, and then all it takes is one of those extra third-round picks you got for trading Carson. Um so I think they traded the uh, – I want to say they traded the Colts one. Yeah, they traded the Colts one. The Eagles had their third-round pick in which they traded back three spots. So uh, – and then they trade that third-round pick to the Cowboys and just, you know, swap first-rounders uh, to go get – who was arguably 
could 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 arguably be the best, but you know, some say the second best receiver in the draft. You know, the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. And uh, and this is probably one of the best athletes we've drafted in a long time. You know, it's not someone who's just raw, but but a good athlete. He's polished. He's ready to go. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a uh, great talent here on the outside. I think they already have some sort of chemistry because you know they both did play at Alabama for a little bit before uh, Hurts transferred over to Oklahoma. A um, definite understanding, yeah. But like, there's like this is the first time in a long time where the first pick in the draft. To me, I didn't go, what? You know, I was very happy with it. Um, I just can't wait to see how it works out. And I'm hoping, you know, maybe some of Devontae Smith's play kind of rubs off on these other guys. Exactly. And, you know, obviously the biggest scare right now is, you know, he's tall and slender. I mean, he's six foot, 166 pounds. It is definitely not often you see a kid that's 166 pounds, um, you know, rocking it in the NFL. You got guys like Deshaun Jackson. You got some of these smaller receivers like uh, the Cheetah in Kansas City. You know, these guys are light, but they're not as light as Devontae Smith. I think you put a couple pounds on him, I think won't won't hurt him and uh, with his speed and his agility. But this guy has hands, something that this team lacks. Uh, this kid's got great polished route running and, I mean, I've seen a lot of clip of him and just the amount of 50-50 balls that he can produce is unreal, actually, for for his size and stuff. Like, yeah, you're going to struggle maybe against, you know, some of your really high-end guys like uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's really tough in press coverage. But for the most part, I, I think this guy's going to work out. I mean, you're not going to have to build plays for him. He's going to be able to run every route that you ask him to run. He's that polished. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. Um, you know, I keep hearing reports that you know maybe we wanted Sertain but couldn't get him ourselves. I think if we wanted Sertain, we would have just stayed at the sixth spot. Um, you know, obviously we weren't going to get Jamar Chase or get uh, like a guy like Kyle Pitts because they went fourth and fifth. Um, but if we wanted a guy like Sertain, I think we would have stayed at six. So I think my thinking is we kind of were looking at Devontae Smith all along but we found a clever way to not only get him, but also acquire another first-round pick in the process. Did some fleecing. Did some fleecing. So very happy with that pick. But then I think the rest of this draft, you might disagree, but I'm not overly fond of how it went. I think we could have it's gone differently. It's not perfect, yeah. You know, second round, they go Landon Dickerson, offensive guard or center from Alabama, who's coming off a uh, torn ACL. Hopefully he'll be ready for week one, but you wouldn't think he'd need to play just yet but personally speaking yeah just sometimes it just doesn't make sense i know you don't like this argument but you know there is much in my opinion more bigger pressing needs than this right now uh because you know you could find guys like this later on in the draft like me and you were talking about drew dahlman um i would have probably went cornerback here or linebacker like i would have went Jeremiah Owoshu Koromoa from uh, Notre Dame. I know he had like a heart condition or something that were turning teams off. Um, but, you know, and I know you hate this argument, but DK Metcalf, uh, same deal, but look how he turned out. So if he's cleared, you got to, you know, take a flyer on him. You needed a linebacker. You got to you gotta strengthen that position, and they did. it just didn't seem like they did so. Or I, I think they should have definitely did linebacker early but i i just think the argument there it just doesn't make sense to say it that high or i would have went uh possibly asante samuel jr i mean it's a little bit on the shorter side but if he's anything like his dad that would be a tremendous upgrade on the other side of the uh other side of uh D- darius slay yeah i mean you know the argument there is you know you got burned you know with you know not picking decaf and bringing jay jaw he's lucky to have a nickname um but to me, you can't make those assumptions, you know. You can't say, oh, you know, we should we should be drafting these guys. We shouldn't be worrying about injury history. We shouldn't be doing this. But then when you do, you know, land somebody with an injury history, it's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, these guys, you know, they were, they were flyers. There was no certainty with DK Metcalf that he was going to be what he is today. There is no certainty there. He played, he had one not even great season 
in college football. He had one good season, not great season. Other than that, you would have never heard of him the year prior. You would have never have heard of him. It's just he's got, you know, that beast athletic body with the speed, the hands, and talent. But nobody would have been known whether or not he could be the next, you know, almost Megatron or anything like that. You know, that's why you take a safe pick in Jay Jaw, you know, to find that he sucks. You know, Landon, D- Landon Dickerson, this guy is a, you know, again, you have situations like Sidney Jones, but Landon Dickerson is a first-round immediate starting talent that has the great potential to become elite in this league. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at his injury history here, and there's a lot of knocks on him. But, you know, his last season last year, he did play 12 games. He did tear his ACL in the SEC championship game. Um, but he did go out there in the national championship for a play just to prove that he's a tough guy, prove that he's there for his team, and that he wanted to be out on that field regardless of what happened to him. The year before that, he played and started all 13 games at Alabama. The year prior to that, with Florida State University, he played two games. He had a severe ankle sprain, which probably just hindered him, take him off the field. They probably had another guy there that you know was just as good. Um, you have in 2017, he played four games, had a season-ending ankle injury, and then uh, 2016, he played seven games, season-ending ACL. So he got you know he got both of his ACLs repaired so uh maybe that'll be the end of it but to me i think the flyer was worth it i think considering you have such a big deep love for jason kelsey and this could very well be his last year you need to get somebody in here fast that could take that spot over who can earn that well i can understand that and if he lives up to the potential that's very great and i hope he does but, you know, just based off last season where we had basically all of our offensive line go down with an injury except for Jason Kelsey, you know, just really hard for me to really like the idea of bringing in a guy who's been injured pretty much every season since he's been in college, you know, with the exception of maybe the one. Um, I hope maybe he can, you know, avoid injury going forward, you know, maybe with the fact that he doesn't necessarily have to play a whole lot this season. Um, maybe that's going to be help in getting him even more, even healthier going forward. But it's still to me a little worrisome. You know, just ba- again, we really want guys who can stay healthy on that offensive line, and he just—I don't know if he fits that bill on staying healthy. But we'll I see. agree, though. You know, it's it's it is a definite fear, but I think, you know, when you pose those arguments uh, comparing other players and stuff like that, I think you know if you this guy you take a flyer on him. Just like those other guys got a flyer put on them, and you want them to pan out. I would have loved guys like uh, JOK, you know, a beast linebacker. Yeah, there was another flyer, you know. I would have loved that pick. To me, you know, the Asante Samuel Jr. thing I think is a little hype. He is way too small. You know, I feel like we bring in these five foot nine cornerbacks all the time, and they're slot guys. Why are you going to bring in a guy? Who might only you know pan out to be a slot guy in the NFL? You need a starting caliber outside cornerback, and I just don't see it with him. You, you make me wrong, but you know, even guys like who people thought we should have picked uh, was a guy named Aaron Robinson. I, to me, those top three cornerback talents that were in this draft were the only people worth pursuing. Anybody that fell in your lap, go get them. But those top three cornerbacks, you know, otherwise everybody else is going to be a project. There's no reason to be crying over, you know, anybody other than Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn, and uh, Caleb Farley. Other than that, don't cry. Yeah, I mean, they could have had Aaron Robinson had they not made that uh, trade with Carolina to move back. Yeah. now I think Milton Williams will be good. One thing I, the one thing I do like about the draft is, or you know that I can understand is that our defense usually plays the best, or we're usually at our best when we have a good rotation of defensive linemen. You know I think last year and even the year prior, I think Fletcher Cox probably had to play way too many snaps. You know back in 2017 when we had guys like 
um, Chris Long, Bo Allen. Um, we had a, a healthier Vinnie Curry. A healthier Vinnie Curry. We were able to rotate these guys a lot easier and get better. You know, you know, keep them fresh, and that's what made them so good. So I think bringing in more defensive linemen really is going to help shape this defense a lot better. It just worries me on the back end, but uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. I think that's like the perfect assumption, and I think that's where. Yeah, I kind of do agree with Hallie is like our winning formula has been, you know, building with the offensive line and the defensive line through the trenches is your first start. Right. Um, and then let's see here. Uh, the next pick, this is actually the only pick I got right in our mock draft for the Eagles. <laughs> Granted, I had him going a little later. Cornerback uh, Zach McPherson from Texas Tech. You know, I think I, I you know, again, I like that pick. Uh looks like a big body guy who can uh, maybe make some plays um thinking me i don't know if he would start on the outside or maybe in the slot um probably too big for the slot but you know he could definitely be the third guy you know you got two you get you get another starting caliber cornerback out there and you know this could be the guy off the bench and then let's see round five uh we took running back uh kenneth gainwell out of memphis you know, I liked it. Um, you know, we need some depth behind Miles Sanders because you never know when he might go down with an injury. Uh, so I think it would be a nice rotation there. So I could definitely see it being uh, Miles, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, you got Jordan Howard still on the roster. Um, Boston Scott, I, I, you know, be hard pressed to get rid of him. He's, I think he's too valuable on the special teams. Giants killer. He's a Giants killer. Um, so well, Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, the, one of the big things about him, too, is like uh, they're already coming out with how they're going to use him. They're going to use him similar to, I think his name is Ike Nicks, um, in there, over there with the Colts. They're running back. You know, he's a good body that can run the ball, but he's also going to be good in the passing game. Right. Um, and then I guess that kind of probably leave, that'll probably end up leaving Corey Clement out, but never know. That's fine. And then uh, next pick, we took uh, Marlon Tui-Polotu, if I said that correctly. <laughs> um, defensive tackle out of USC. Um, can't really comment too much on him. I don't know too much about him. But again, adding, just a big body. adding more depth to the uh, defensive line always helps. And then another six-round pick, another defensive lineman, <laughs> another defensive end. We took Taron Jackson, defensive end out of Coastal Carolina. And then, the one the one thing about him is uh, that he is a little undersized, so that's something to look at. He's got speed, he's got the skill to get around the edge, but he is definitely undersized, so that's one thing to consider. And then uh, the last round six pick, we had a. Sa- I think this guy's going to be more of a safety linebacker hybrid, is Jacoby Stevens. So I think he'll be he'll probably be playing more of the uh, Malcolm Jenkins type role. Um, where he can bounce before, bounce and bounce, bounce back and forth in between. Yeah, and looking at film of him and some clips, I mean that's definitely a, a, a possibility. And to take a flyer this late in the draft, you know, on him is definitely could pan out to be you know a solid deal. And then uh, round seven, our last pick uh, out of Tulane, we took uh, another edge rusher. He could be, he could also bounce back from linebacker up to the line as uh, Patrick Johnson out of Tulane. So I, I was a big fan of that one. I thought he was the best available pick at that time. Uh, again, I can't really comment too much too much because I don't really know much. Haven't seen really any film on him, but just hoping there was a linebacker on the board that I really thought maybe they could have put a flyer out on. Uh, Alabama's Dylan Moses. Uh, he looked a little undersized, but uh, he definitely was a pretty decent player when watching you know Alabama play. Right. So that was our. Uh, that was our uh, draft class there. So, what do you? What are your overall thoughts? Like, I, I'm not gonna rave about it. It's nothing. It's nothing sexy about it, aside from you know really getting that you know number Daddy one chill. wide receiver. Oh yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah. You know, certain certain things need to be done. You know, I feel like Eagles fans are always like, oh, we have to get you know, the most overrated player here and the most overrated player here, and, like, they start making, generating microstats and then 
doing all these different things with the injury stuff and everything like that. And to me, it's some of these things you just got to get it done, get it done and over with. I mean, we're going to have a nasty draft next year unless they use all those picks for like a Deshaun Watson, but they're going to have a big draft next year. So, you know, cool the Jets. They're not winning any Super Bowls anytime soon, you know, with that kind of attitude. So let's get these trenches done. Uh, let's get some of these uh you know, non-skilled positions cleared up before we start hitting the, the skilled positions. I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, Super Bowl-wise. I mean, granted, do I have high hopes this season? Not really, but I think after getting Devontae Smith, my hopes are a little higher. I think uh, I think this will be the pick that really helps Jalen Hurts um, live up to his potential. Um, you know, It's the test now, yeah. Yeah, you got your receiver, go make it work. And I, I think he'll make it work. I think they're going to have a lot of uh, – they're going to be working a lot this offseason. I'm already seeing videos of it, so that's a that's a good sign right there. And then, you know, hey, I think back in 20s, you know, when they fired Chip Kelly, brought in Doug Peterson and everything, it only took them, what, one, real one, really one season to rebuild, and then they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. I mean, granted – And that year wasn't sexy aside from the Carson Wentz thing. Right. So – I think after that, um, I don't know if maybe this year, but maybe next year, um, 2022. You never know how well they could be. Um, personally, I'm not all that enthralled with the rest of the division. I think Dallas got better defensively, but what else? I mean, they're, they're going to be the same on offense. You know, they're off. You know, their offensive line got old. Um, the Redskins are rolling out with hundred-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's an Eagles killer, but hopefully, you know that. Wor- hopefully, that wears off. Yeah. Um, and then the Giants are the Giants. I mean, uh, yeah, they'll have Saquon back, but we, we usually... they'll just put their hopes and dreams on the Eagles winning fo- uh, winning uh, football games for them. Right. Yeah, I mean, because that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to play our hearts out to make sure the Giants make the playoffs. But uh, overall, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad draft. I, you know. I think, you know, there's some good cleanup here. Uh, I would look to next year's draft to be a much bigger skilled situation over, you know, just, you know, the trenches. But, you know, I'd give this I, I'd give this draft a B minus. You know, I've seen a lot of C pluses. I've seen a lot of C's. I've seen quite a couple B minuses, you know. I mean, there's a couple people that think they got the best, you know, draft in the, in the league. But... To me, a B minus sounds good. You know, there's nothing crazy about this draft. Like aside from you know Devonte Smith, there's a possibility with Landon Dickerson if there's no injury issues and he pans out. Like that could be another elite talent. You could get two elite talents in one draft. But for right now, it's more about Devonte Smith and uh, the rest of it is just getting the depth and getting better depth. Right. Personally, I give it a C plus. Um, I just think they could have gotten done better. I, I really would have preferred if they took a corner and a safety earlier in the draft. Um, but you know, these guys stay. You know, Landon Dickerson can stay healthy, um, and you know, we give him time to get healthy, and you know, learn under Jason Kelsey, and you know, Devontae Smith if he pans out like I think he will. I mean, I, I think this will be a decent. Cl- you know, at least the first two two picks will be decent. And then I think Milton Williams will come out, come through for us too on the defensive line. Um, I mean, they they compare his strength a lot to Aaron Donald, and you know it's always to me is that really true? Is he really going to be like that? Who knows? But when you hear that excitement, you kind of get excited for that type of player. Like, oh my God, are we going to get the next Aaron Donald? No, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, I'd like to throw out there, thank you very much, Milton, uh, for checking out our story. Uh, Zach, thank you for checking out our story. And then I believe Kenneth Gainwell also looked at our story. Yeah, we were just welcoming him to Philly. And, you know, obviously we tagged Instagram. Them all, so they had the noties. <laughs> so but, you know, guys like that probably have a million and one noties. Um, but the fact that they were even able to see it was pretty cool. So thank you for that. Um yeah, so C plus. You know, I think next year's draft will definitely go a long way to making rounding out this team. You know, if we definitely use all three picks, I personally don't think at this point we're going to be using them to trade for a quarterback. Um, I think you know Russell Wilson's coming to the end of his career. 
Deshaun Watson's got too many issues right now with, you know, legal issues. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that we took Devontae Smith, that'll really raise Jalen Hurts' game. And I would hope guys like Jalen Rager step up next season too. I think next season we could probably use these thir- first-round picks, you know, you're probably going to have to go out and get possibly another tackle or guard, you know, for whenever Brandon Brooks or Blaine Johnson call it a career. Um, I'm going to say probably another tight end because you want to have somebody to pair up with uh, Dallas Goddard. And, uh, or, you know, you can, you know, like I said, can never use, you know, we could always use another cornerback, sure up, sure up the linebackers, you know, depending on who's, who's around. So we got plenty of options, and then we got picks throughout the rest of that draft. So, but let's wait till we get there. Hopefully, we have a good season this year. You know, hopefully the Colts and the uh, Dolphins both stink, so those picks will be really good. Um, yeah, and definitely. Hof- but hopefully, we're really good. Um, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us today. Yeah, I mean, uh, overall, it was that kind of crazy draft. I mean. We were way off with a lot of these picks. Uh, I I don't even think we got the uh, number one overall pick right, right? I I think about, <laughs> I had Patrick Sertain, didn't you? Well, I really thought that uh, the Eagles were going to trade the farmhouse for uh, to get add on to the uh, quarterback factory. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. We're worse. We are quarterback developers. We want to be a quarterback factory. We have. The- we did take a uh, uh, quarterback from Wake Forest. Uh, Undrafted, uh, Jamie Newman. Jamie his Newman. Name. So we're built. We're built. We're still building the quarterback factory. So I do want to bring this up, though, you know, because I was I early on in you know analyzing these players and like who you want the Eagles to pick. I really did down Devontae Smith a little bit because you hear those you know perspective ideas of the late bloomers and that the late bloomers never pan out well in the NFL versus the guys that start out pretty hot in college football but you know you're looking at his four-year career in Alabama and even being behind you know some of the top-notch guys you know Henry Ruggs uh the other guy in uh Denver the name never comes to mind yeah Jerry Duty thank you um you know even guys like uh Jalen Waddle in a way, because Jalen Waddle was the supposed superstar of the team. Um, But, I mean, his first two years weren't the greatest. His freshman, sophomore year, I mean, freshman year was 160 yards with three uh, TDs. Uh, Sophomore year was quite a bit of a jump. Um, He had uh, uh, 693 yards with six touchdowns. But I, I would say by junior year, I mean, he really stepped up. I mean, 1,256 yards with 14 touchdowns. That sounds like a, a terrific year. If he decided to want to go to the NFL after his junior year, he probably could have been a, you know, first, second round pick for all we know. Right. But uh, 2020 is outstanding. Oh, wow. Uh, 1,856 yards with 23 touchdowns. I mean, to me, at that point, and being the type of guy that he is, um, you know, that smaller build, he's tall, smaller build, but being that type of guy to be able to have that kind of a performance and, you know, to win the Heisman Trophy, and he's not a speed guy. He's not going to, you know, blow the socks off of, you know, the cornerbacks. He's a great route runner. He... You know, he's got great ball skills. He's got good tracking. He can do any route. It's not down down vertical and he's fast. There's nothing about that. He's a classic hard wide receiver. So it does bring a lot of excitement for me. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm only time will tell. So hopefully we'll start hearing some things and maybe seeing some clips of these guys throwing to each other um, in OTAs and just practicing with one another and start getting some excitement going yeah and uh hopefully we can at least see a decent season i'm excited to see you know nick sirianni i mean you every day you grow to love him i mean just the excitement that he has just to be the coach of this team and just wanting to talk football and every chance he can get to talk football i mean it's just amazing to see him and see him like throwing passes to fans and the uh at the draft party that they had the other day 
Speaking of which, you want to play a real quick game of rock, paper, scissors? Sure. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Scissors. Rock. Darn. I guess I'm not competitive enough. I thought you were going to give me a Spock, though. I thought we were just playing rock, paper, scissors. I didn't know you wanted to play rock, paper, scissors, Spock. I, uh, I thought you were just going to go there anyway. Well, anyway, this has been Tom with Out for One Sports. And this is Anthony. It's great to have, you know, 10 episodes out there. And I uh, hope you guys continue to listen and enjoy. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day. Peace. Man, that's awesome.